Nick, do you cry when your dog runs away? Do you get angry at the bills you have to pay? Uh, I do not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, welcome to episode 159 of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Nick and Drew with you again in quarantine. It's almost over, Nick. You're going to be resuming this space soon. I, I feel it. I'm ready. I'm ready Sounds to. Good. I'm ready to go that road. It does feel like it was getting long this week. I mean, th- I'm very thankful for the NFL draft to give me a huge distraction during this. It's definitely the most fun I had during coronavirus. No um, question. Especially with us dominating our picks. I think what were we five for five on the podcast for what we uh, predicted? I know we hit over corners in the first round, over wide receivers. We were over offensive linemen. We were under SEC 15 and a half players taken. So that's four right there. Yeah, we were pretty good. So we, were at least, we were at least four now. So. I, I won everything day one. I made one series of bad bets day three. That's the only ones I regret. I took the uh, under <laughs> on the two quarterbacks that were left in terms of their spot, and I missed uh, one of them by two and a half picks. So Yeah, you know, I stopped by day three. I put a, I had a little going on day two. Um, but by day three, I knew I was way out. The of only one I was willing I, I to do was that was the over under on Fromm and Eason because I figured fourth round teams that need a quarterback are like, hey, gosh, I didn't even realize those guys were still there in the fourth round. Yeah, yeah. So how about that? Yeah, and and uh, Fromm when how do you not take it easy? A guy like Eason, I mean, I understand that maybe he's not that good, but just the the, the arm alone, three years. To teach that guy for third round Sup- money. Supposedly, he's exceptionally arrogant and he's not a hard worker, and that's a very dangerous combination when it comes to the quarterback position. 
So okay. that's that's why he's fallen. Uh, you know, teams had that. The, the guy that I was in love with, and I'll go on record in saying this, I, I was just over the moon about James Morgan ending up on the Jets. I, I still can't even believe it because, for starters, he had. I the, heard he's a Sam Darnold. I heard he's a Sam Darnold clone. It, it, he, he's he's great. He's great security. But the real reason I love it is because I know for a fact the team that wanted him was New England. I know for a fact. Uh. The team that wanted him was New England, and we selected him with the pick. They traded us. So that, to me, is like the ultimate wow. And and the reason why I think Bill got rid of those picks is because he had more picks behind, and he didn't think anybody had this guy pinpointed. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, certainly not that early with Easton and Fromm still on the no, board. No, Fromm was still on the board. Fromm was still on the board when the Jets took Morgan. But you've seen the Meadowlands. You can't have Jake Fromm's arm in the Meadowlands, bro. It's the problem. No, he, he belongs in, in uh, New Orleans. Who ended up taking Fromm? Um, from why don't I know that right off the top of my head? I feel like the situation was actually it, it ended up uh, being pretty good for him uh, at the end of the day. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I know. Uh, Indianapolis picked Easton. So oh, the Bills did. The Bills. The Bills took him. Ornery the... quarterback. To another arrogant, ornery quarterback. Very much so. The Bills took from. <laughs> the Bills took from. Uh, yeah, it's a tough. It's a, a bad. Tough, it's uh, a bad fit. But if he doesn't have to play, it's yeah. a great fit because he's a good locker room guy and he's very smart. So mm-hmm. it's just a tight. He he has a limited repertoire, but he's good at what he does. You know what I mean? Repertoire. Repertoire. Yep. Um, but Morgan, first of all. If he doesn't resign with the Jets and Darnold becomes a thing, I mean, how is that guy not the future of Tampa Bay? How can you not have Captain Morgan right. coach? You know, yeah. the Buccaneers. He looks. He's from. Is he from Florida? I know he went to college. No, there, he's not from Florida. He was from born Jersey, and raised right. in Green Bay, Wisconsin, brother. Oh, Green Bay. That's he is the first quarterback cool. ever from Green Bay, Wisconsin, drafted in the NFL. And and all you see are pictures of him with Favre jerseys. As a kid, yeah, as I'm you can imagine, him being. Uh, Jordan loves backup in five years. <laughs> he he may be going right to starting if he listen. Raw tools, raw tools. He's got the best raw tools of anybody in the draft outside of Burrow. Obviously, um, the the raw tools that this kid has arm strength. Now he's all over the place. His accuracy is not outstanding, and there's plenty of mechanical things to go. But it's like gunslinger back foot. 60 yards on a dime deep in the end zone. How did he make that throw? James Morgan's that guy. There's no one else in the draft that can do what he can do. He has absolute magic all over the place. And I saw it. So, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully he never plays. (laughs) Having said that, hopefully he never plays. Um, All right, Nick, I'm going to ask you the first question of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. We'll talk more uh, NFL draft when we get to uh, the sports round of the podcast, but uh, fronted by the late Thanks. Brad Noel, what band's name is a synonym for fantastic? Uh, fronted by the late Brad Noel? Yep. What band's name hmm. is a synonym for fantastic? Because everybody needs some fantastic news. Keep in mind, mm-hmm. Nick can't hear the intros, which is great. <clears throat> That allows me to do trivia questions about the intros themselves, which is also great for me. All right, so is that the guy from, <clears throat> is that the guy from Sublime? 
Boom. Nick is all over it, folks. What I got was the intro song. You know what? You gave it away because you asked me when the uh, I sure podcast did. started. I if sure I did. I was wondering <laughs> if you remember that. <laughs> I was wondering if you would go back to that at all in your head. And be like, that's right. <laughs> that's when we came in. Like when you hear the replay, that's the that's when we're coming in. Right, right when he goes into that, I like that uh, little band Sublime bit. a lot. Actually, oh, they're amazing. To me, that that guy's that that guy's name did nothing for me. Never heard of him, and and he had such a short run. They did everything in like three and a half years, dude. But they're amazing. Yeah, was it two albums? Yeah, two two albums and some unreleased stuff. Two albums, right? Yep, forty ounces to freedom, and you know, Sublime, Sublime, which is one of the great albums of oh, all was time. He a, was he a heroin? Yeah. Addiction? Yeah. A heroin overdose? Yeah, heroin overdose. Yep. Yep, unfortunately. But uh, Sublime was something Who's else. Who's the most unlikely? Who's the most unlikely heroin overdose uh, celebrity that has died? Where you're just like, that guy? I would have to go to Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely right. Oh, you do you agree? Hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. Hundred percent. Yeah, and from what I hear, he was like a real, like, like serious, long term, like deep problem. So I mean, that, that guy's acting is is just so good. Oh, I just watched Wonder, The Big Lebowski yeah, the other day. As I'm getting ready to watch the Jesus movie, because you can watch it for a dollar. Oh yeah, all right. Yeah, on Amazon, it oh, costs a buck. Out. It's a, Louis C.K.'s got a special out, and it costs eight bucks, and it, it, it's like annoying to me. The eight I, I'm bucks. Paying, I, my, my total amount that goes out uh, for entertainment, and of course, because what we do, it, it is a write-off, so I can't complain. But I, I'm in like five hundred <laughs> bucks a month at this point between subscription services, and it's like having to pay eight bucks. Right, it's a write-off it's if you actually have any uh, way of earning income. If you have been two months of zero income and families to look after and not a dollar uh, to spend on anything, yeah, you know, right. It's like I, I'm getting I get messages from casinos like, "Sorry, you're gonna have to be paid over a payment plan. We're not paying you, and hosts are gonna have to take the brunt of that." And I got guys like you know chasing down small bills and be like where's money it's like there's no money money does not exist right now in the world it is a it is a figment of your imagination but i do think when people go to open up bars again they will want to get out and and play quizzo and be social and do stuff just i don't know what that will look like texas is open (laughs) texas Texas is like let them die (laughs) <laughs> Shoot him down. Texas, well, Nick, Texas, uh, from a tri- from a strictly trivia standpoint, the state that executes the most people a year is, in fact, Texas. So, that's... Texas's motto is "Thin the herd," right? Isn't that their state motto? State motto, yeah, it's excellent. So, Brad Noel <laughs> is the lead singer of uh, Sublime. What do you have for me? <laughs> all right, I'll stick to uh, the music. Angle that's all here. jokes, folks. Humor, tongue in cheek. Don't go back and play sound clips. It's a joke. Joke. J-O-K-E. Go ahead. Who was the first Hispanic inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I almost said Roberto Clemente. (laughs) (laughs) It was almost out of my mouth. Is it Carlos Santana? You got it. Yeah. 
Oye, como va? That's right. Did you ever hear the story no, of how uh, he how he put that? Richie Valens, I guess, didn't have enough of a career. He, I mean, he had Donna. He had La Bamba. Did he write La Bamba? No. La Bamba was like a folk song. Remember the? <laughs> didn't you ever see the movie? Didn't you yeah, ever see yeah, the movie? Yeah, he he yeah, he and uh, he and Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, Woody Woodpecker. They go they go to Tijuana to get hookers, and they're all picking out hookers. And there's this band playing, this mariachi band playing, and they're playing La Bamba. And that's how he got the inspiration to remake La Bamba. No, but he did write Donna because Donna was the girl. Ooh, and that was like an interracial relationship. He was not allowed to date Donna. In the fifties, because he was. Boy, Lou, Lou Diamond Phillips' career, man. What happened to him? You know what, Lou Diamond Phillips? I'll uh, you take that back. First of all, he is a devoted Quizzo Trivia Podcast listener, for starters, and I apologize, Lou. Nick is uneducated about your exceptional career. Yeah, he's been he's been on television for like thirty years before it was a thing. He, he does like a million shows. And he always plays some strange offsuit of Lou Diamond Phillips. And you are ignoring, Nick. You are ignoring the fact that Lou Diamond Phillips was in Young Guns. For God's sakes. It's a legendary movie. Uh, nothing against Young Guns. I just I think when you go from being like in what was the biggest movie at the time, uh, at the age that he was at. Yeah, but he's typecast. And then you're on, you're on uh, you know, L.A. Law, not L.A. Law, Law and Order, you know. Just... Law and Order Special Victims Unit Chicago East. <laughs> right, some some strange <laughs> offshoot of it where he got a thing. It's like so, some comedian I forgot who it was, but has like a routine about how Ice uh, Ice T is surprised by every single sick thing that happens on the show, even though he's been a cop seeing these things for fifteen straight years. It's like every single crime. He's like, Yo, man, this guy likes to suck toes. That's messed up. It's like, where have you been? Every episode, you're uncovering some other disgusting human being. Why are you constantly questioning whether it's messed up? So he's like, yeah, oh. How does it go from being the first gangster rapper in history to playing a cop on TV for 35 years? It's kind of strange. Well, if you listen to him talk about it, he says the cop and the gangster are very similar. You just have to flip the attitude on who you're talking to. If you're talking about what kind of attitude you're given, it's it's very interesting. But uh, yeah, I, I'm totally lost. I don't remember where we were in the. Uh, did you ask me a question? Did I have an actual question I did. to answer? You got it right. Oh, okay. You got it right. We, we started talking about Lou Diamond Phillips' career. Yeah, that's where we got lost. <laughs> literally, literally, literally. The black hole of LDP. Didn't his wife leave him for Melissa Etheridge? Is that another LDP fact? That's yeah. that's the greatest uh, LBC. Uh, there's the question is whose wife? You know. Yeah. Is, there's uh, that's. How, how, how is it phrased? Um, Melissa Etheridge's wife. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you can phrase it how you want, wife. folks. You're not getting it. Yeah, All right. Uh, here we go for you, Nick. Wheelhouse question. You want a wheelhouse question? Uh, huh? It's liquor related. Yeah, it's just not, a beer is my wheelhouse. Okay. Wine is somewhat wheelhouse. So drinks, not so Liquor much. Is not really my. Yeah. Okay. I, don't, I, don't okay. Do, I, I could ask this a lot of different ways. Um, I could give you the two things that make up the drink. Give me the drink name. I could give you the drink name and one thing, and you tell me the missing ingredient. That's how I have the question. Uh, 
Would you like it like that? Uh, you can give it to me the hard way and see and see if I need help. Go ahead. This is the hard way. That is the hard way. Scotch whiskey okay. mixed with what drink mm-hmm. makes a rusty mm-hmm. nail? Okay. So, so definitely not my wheelhouse. I've had the same bottle of scotch. I shit you not. My uh, my 30th birthday party. I had just moved into my house. Maybe three months before. For my 30th birthday party. Somebody brought me a handle of scotch. I still have it. I am no longer in my 30s. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's where I'm at with scotch. <laughs> okay, so here's how. Here's the hint uh, so that's given rusty, in the question. There's a there's a hint. A rusty nail. It starts that's with a D. The, the additional liqueur starts with a D. So what? Oh, so it's two. Right, yeah, scotch so whiskey mixed with three. what D liquor makes a rusty nail? <clears throat> okay, so if I got to think of something that begins with a D. Now my parents were bartenders, so you would think. Well, that's why I thought it was little, your wheelhouse. I I could tell little. you concretely, I would have no prayer at any type of question like this. Like I couldn't tell you what's in a Long Island iced tea. I would answer iced tea. That's a tough one. There's like seven things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what any of them are. I don't Uh, know what anything is. I know what a screwdriver is. That's orange juice and vodka. That's about it. That's the the extent of my... A Long Island iced tea contains no iced tea. Right. It it, it gets its name because if you mix a bunch of different colors, it turns brown and it looks like tea. It looks like iced tea and alcoholics from Long Island are like, hey... This is what was left. Yeah, it's not like iced tea and vodka, and they call it Long Island no. iced tea. It's like no, I'm aware. Kinds of booze that add up to look brown, right? And whatever color destroy your liver. Uh, all right. There's like no obvious. For some reason, I'm throwing a blank on any obvious uh, D liquor. I can only think of one, and it's very obscure. So I was just gonna say Dram Bowie. You got it right, my man. The rusty oh, nail, yeah. Scotch whiskey, and Dram. Bowie, what a great name! Me neither. Didn't have a clue. All I knew is I love the word. <laughs> I saw that and I'm like, oh, Drambuie's getting in the quiz this week just so I could say Drambuie a, a couple times. Because there's no other. It's not like it begins with a V for vodka or a R with rum or you know any of those like you know gin. It kind of like the D. There's nothing else to really compete. With yep. It. So either you've heard of Drambuie and you guess it, or you haven't, or you have not. Or you listen to the Quizzo podcast and you're like, oh, they talked about Drambuie for like six minutes because I went and looked up what it is. I assume it has some sort of uh, like licorice taste. That's I sort of that's what it crafts in my head, I but I have no um, idea. I know, no, I know. It's um, uh, the first one is is uh, Sambuca. Yeah, Sambuca. And that's what I'm saying. That's why it creates that in my head. And uh, man, I had a really bad night once with Jägermeister, which, if I'm not mistaken, has like a distinctly licorice taste. Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah. I, I, oh, I think Beta Theta Pi and Jägermeister. Worst drunk night of, of my life. His, when Hemingway gave his list of like things you have to do to become a man, if Jägermeister was around, he probably would have put on there, like, you need to have a bad night with Jägermeister. It's kind of one of those. We don't get either of those because we are not raising sons. Isn't that on his yeah. list? Got to raise a son. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Raising a son. Yeah. You write, write, write the novel. Raise a son. Thanks, Hem- Thanks Hemingway. I- I'm working on a daughter. Is that all right? Do I get a pass or no? That doesn't count for you. 
Um, okay. I think back then, raising sons and raising daughters was a little bit different, maybe. Very you much know, so. Like, yeah, you, know, you, you raise the daughter to give her away as fast as possible. <laughs> yeah, and it, you get a cow in exchange right. or something. Looking for cows in exchange for the girl. Yeah. Um, all right, this is a good one. <clears throat> Often found in Germany, what is the name of the seasonal pillar that is erected in town squares? Have you ever seen this? Do you know what I'm talking about? They have those like strings that come from them and people dance around them like in circles and it just it's like the scene to every single horror movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this is the town square, but what lies beneath? Hmm. No. It's just a I, giant I pillar with these like big uh, ribbons and everybody holds a ribbon and they dance around like like fairies. And, and these are located in Germany or they're all over? mostly mostly the Germanic areas but they're they're popular they have a they have an English name for what it's worth it's not like a German name it's like you know it's, it's an English name but um it's a fascinating history and tradition are there any in are there any in America oh yeah all over the place especially in Pennsylvania what? but mostly in places settled by Germans oh, oh okay all right so like the Pennsylvania Dutch, correct. Areas would, yeah. would have something like this. Yep. Is that like the closest one of these to me, or is there one like down in South Jersey? There probably is. I bet. I bet at certain churches. Hmm. I don't know, man. I really don't have a clue. It's called the Maypole. You never heard of mm, the Maypole? No. I did not know. Okay. I did not know the Maypole. Yeah, the Maypole is this giant pole that has these, you know, beautiful, like, uh, uh, ribbons that, that come from it. And literally, like, go look it up online. Uh, you, you'll see people just dance around in circles with the ribbons. Uh, and the Maypole is erected in town squares to signify the beginning of spring or, you know, the, the, the bountiful season, uh, so to speak. It's basically the opposite of the Christmas tree. And it was a pagan tradition that found its way into Christianity uh, over time. So, but it's been around for like 900 years. So get excited, it's May. Bust up yeah, well, if, I figure if people are ever traveling and they're going overseas the and they're like, what, what was the that hell horror that? movie angle you were, oh, what was the horror movie angle it, you were talking if about? If you see like, uh, what was that, uh, uh, who, who's that dude? He did like a sketch comedy show, like Keenan, not Keenan and Kel, but uh, maybe it was Keenan and Kel. Uh, yeah. Um, oh, Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Peele. Peele. Yeah. Peele and uh, right. Key and Peele. Right. So Peele. Yeah. Did a movie about like uh, so summer or something like that. Summer, whatever. Oh, midsummer. Midsummer. Right. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, basically yeah, yeah. like you know everybody's wearing white and they're seen. all in the town square and they're all dancing around that's the maypole. What's that? Are you sure that's his movie? Midsummer. Midsummer. Yeah. Because uh, I know he did um, Get Out, and then he's got another movie, which, which I saw Get Out, that he did another movie called Us. Well, I'm about but to I didn't find think out. Summer was him, but I haven't seen it yet. Well, it wasn't. It was definitely not directed by him because I'm looking at it right now. But uh... yeah, I don't. I don't know that that was him. But I, I've heard like it's funny. I've heard literally that was the best movie of the year, and then I've also heard people say it was the worst movie they ever saw. So uh, it's it's on my list of uh, yeah, seventy five movies to watch during quarantine. Oh, it's definitely uh, all right. So I just typed in Maypole Horror right into Google. The first thing that came up was Midsummer. 
2019. Yeah, okay. Well, that, well, that makes sense because Midsummer takes place in uh, Scandinavia, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, the so movie The it. Wicker Man has it. Oh, all right. Horror of move. the Maypole. Yeah, you don't want to you don't want to see this, man. This is freaky stuff. It looks like basically what it looks like is uh the polyphonic spree dancing around a giant erected pole all holding like a uh you know, a thing coming through it and a lot of times that pole is a cross. So it looks like very 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 religious, but it also looks super 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 like when the lights go down, that's where the demons come out. Like gotcha. crazy right. scary, so right. I gotta watch this this midsummer. Yeah, well, it's coming up too much. To, to, put it this way: I gotta watch if it. anybody's thinking about putting up a maypole, don't. I'm not looking for that. Keep your maypoles down. We don't need it. Uh, all right, I got one more for you before we move to sports. Uh, what is America's most popular documentary right now in America? What is the most popular clearly? It is Joe Exotic and Tiger King. That's that's why I asked this. It just got it just got replaced yesterday. Oh Jesus! Tiger King is number two. This is this just surpassed Tiger King. Yeah, that's not fair. Yes, <laughs> no, it's not fair. Can't do that. Yeah, I was can't some, do that. I was doing some podcast homework this morning. And can't I do that. And I threw it in last minute. Uh, I, I listen, man. I'm I haven't even started it yet, so. I'm just I'm not getting uh, myself lost in the world of of that dude. Do you have a do you have a this, this I don't know. We haven't talked about this documentary. I'm not sure if you're watching it or not. I'm going to say it's the Michael Jordan uh, yes. uh maybe maybe yes. the uh the last dance. Yeah, the last dance. Yeah, I I uh binged it the other day. I'm caught up. How about so you? What is it? Four episodes? Yeah, so four far? episodes. Pretty incredible. I have to well, I, I have like to it, say. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's painful for me. It's painful for me. Like yeah, those were that, that was like a team that literally gutted your childhood. Just destroyed me. Just destroyed me. Yeah. Just absolutely destroyed me. Every like I, it, it, it's hard to grow up yeah, hating Michael came, Jordan. Uh, back in the 90s. It's yeah. hard to grow up hating Michael Jordan because he's Michael Jordan, and you know it. But like, it, it it's yeah. also like I just watched him gut me i was in the garden for everything dude i saw him play live no less than 25 times including his 55 point post-retirement just shit show on us just raining and what do you think his record what do you think his record was at the at those 25 games i don't ever remember winning <laughs> I, 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 I like I think we did. I think we won a couple of games in a couple of series in the early nineties before he retired. We, we were the ones that fought them the hardest at the end of their first run. And then he retired and we went to back to back NBA championships. But it was us in Indiana and the Bulls that were the three best teams in the East during that that time. And the Knicks were at the height of their powers, and uh, I remember the whole team like it was yesterday, and, and we went to the back-to-back championships against, uh, uh, against uh, or oh no, we went to the championships against the Houston Rockets and lost Game 7, and then we went to the Eastern mm-hmm. Conference Finals the following year against Indiana. And, and the reason you got there was because, was because Jordan wasn't, took two years off. 
And Correct. The only reason we got to either of those things was because Ger- <laughs> no, we could have made the Eastern Conference Finals, but the Eastern Conference Finals the second no, year was no, us in Indiana. I was, yes. Right. I was talking about the. I was talking about the finals against the Rockets. The oh yes, correct. And then as soon and as the he, that you and Indiana were in the finals, and not the and not the Bulls was because he took two years off. Right. And then the second so he the, unretired. Who, 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 about Jordan not being the best of all time, and, and and I don't I don't really even hear that argument much anymore. But when it is made that like somehow LeBron is better because it's like, you don't understand, he took two years of his prime off. Jordan never lost, never didn't win a championship in his prime. Now, he would have like, won eight in a row. Brady because he won six. He would have won eight in a row. No, no, Jordan, Jordan didn't lose one in his prime. He won all of them. In his prime. Uh, he would have won eight in a row. They would have won the championship eight times. The two years he retired were the best two years of the Bulls. That was before they got Rodman and had to retool. That was when Cartwright right. was still great and fucking Paxson was still great. They, they had everything. Steve Kerr. They had everything. It, it just... That, I can't even... And, and then what happened was when he unretired... They just put their throat on whatever was left of the Knicks, you know, you know, squad that was there fighting them for the couple of years, and that was it. We just we didn't get it back till '99 when he totally retired, and uh, we went on a little bit of a run uh, once we retooled the team. But part of that was because Pat Riley picked up and left, so we had him as the head coach. Uh, he bailed. I think we hired Chuck Daly for a while. We we had a whole slew of different uh, guys running the Knicks after uh, Riley left, and eventually it was Van Gundy, uh, who was an old Riley assistant that came back. But you know, uh, I just it, watching that documentary, it's so little about the Knicks. It's like they're just an absolute afterthought. You get like a little it, it, blip. It just seems like so much. Like the fact that it's ten ten parts, but bro, again, it I, is know, unbelievable. I, I just, it bounces a, around. It bounces around from place to place to place to place so well. I've never seen something do it quite like that. Like, it goes in a timeline. Like, the way they use it is just, like, you start off, you're in the year, you know, present. And then you're flashing back, and you're, like, 97. Then you're flashing back, and you're, like, 83. And then you're, like, flashing back, and you're, like, 77. And then you're flashing forward, and you're, like, 89. It's crazy. How how, how they did it was crazy. And interweaving these stories and... You know, all the behind the scenes footage. One thing, like, I don't want to spoil stuff, but you find out almost instantly the year that you're talking about, they let a film crew in there the whole season behind the scenes to capture everything. And this is the first time any of that's been released. So it's not Which like is crazy. If it's, it's not like for 23 years. Correct. It's not like talking heads that are, you know, out there, uh, uh, you know, just talking about like when I saw Michael, he was the best. It's like, no, you're you're in the locker room and you're watching Scottie Pippen's like disgusting feet and just sitting here and talking to somebody saying like, you know, calling that, you know, fat general manager <laughs> into quite to be like, I don't know, man. If I got to see Scottie Pippen's feet, I don't know that I can watch. I don't know that I can watch. I- I'm just saying it's real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah. Like Jerry, Ryan, oh my God, it's it's crazy. Like the whole thing is crazy, and the interviews are crazy, Larry and the Brown's honesty is crazy. Not in the locker room, is he? <laughs> right, exactly. Larry Brown's, there's, there's no Larry Brown's. <laughs> I I heard a story the other day. Larry Brown's junk. So somebody's talking about Milton Berle. Remember Milton Berle? 
Yeah. You know how he has like legendary yeah, genitalia? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I knew that. So you see, everybody seems to. So uh, the legend yeah. of Milton Berle. So so at one point he was in a Friars thing or something, and uh, one of these young comedians uh, from the Catskills is is uh, uh, came out of a sauna that Milton Berle was in. So a bunch of his guys go to him, hey, so what was it? Did, did you see it? And he turns to him, he goes, well, I'll say this. At first, I thought he was sitting with his son. <laughs> I, thought that, I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. <sighs> so, long, right, long way to continue. Right, let's move on to sports. We're sort of in sports anyway, since he just asked the uh, yeah, last dance. Tra- the transition. Transition question. All right. Um, Nick, uh, okay, unique to one country. What sport has 18 players on each side and is played on a field larger than any soccer or football-sized fields in the world? Uh, Sorry, I need it one more time. Unique to one country, what sport is played with 18 players on each side of the field and it's a field larger than any soccer or football-sized field in the world? Is it Australian rules football? It is Australian rules football. Nick is all over it. Boom. Fire away. Have you ever watched any Aussie rules football? No, but if I could gamble on it right now, I probably would. Bro, it's amazing. I have to get you into it. So, okay, let me just break Aussie rules football down very quickly. So, 18. Well, well, real quick, is it on right now? Is it on right it's now? It's coming. It's coming. That's why I'm kind of getting into Okay. You know, because Aussie, I, I think they've lifted things and they've got stuff going on. So. But yeah. look, you know, it's something to look into while the quarantine's going on so that you might be interested when Yeah, that, that's back. what I'm saying. Like, like I said, you know, so, before well, baseball gets back. So I just mentioned they have 18 guys per side. The sizes range from like 5 foot 6 to 7 feet, okay? And basically it's like rugby on a circular pitch except uh, they have these huge uprights and you can kick it through the uprights basically from anywhere. And the farther away you are, the more it's worth. Right. So the goal is to to get guys free in certain places so that they could then uh, on the run, kick it through the uprights to score points. And if they hit the upright, it's a different point. And if they get to the left or right of the upright, it's less points. Um, But it's very, very scoring. Give give, give me a scoring break. And like like is a 20 yard worth two points, 30 yard is worth three points. Or is it like magnified? Like what's the scoring? Okay, Um, specifically. So. Let's see. Okay. Again, it's in, you know, probably going to be in meters because they don't do. Uh, yards. Yards the, the way we do. It's funny that the actual pitch looks like a football. Like it's a giant yeah. oval uh, sized football. Um, do they play with a rugby ball or a football? Or- it's specific rules? Australian rules football, but it definitely looks like a rugby ball more than it does a uh, uh, more than it does a football and by the way it's old man this they started this in 1859 so it's hardly like mm. you know uh, new. a new fango, new fandangle sport correct all right it's so hardly, uh, snowboarding at the Olympics precisely uh, all right, so the way to score points is to score goals. In Australian football, there are two types of scores, a goal and a behind. 
There are four points at each end of the ground. The two middle, taller posts, and the goal posts, and the two outer posts, and the posts behind. The areas between the goals, uh, posts, and kicking between these uh, gets you six points. And behind the goal gets you uh, one point. Okay. So a really behind is also scored. Take you a long time. Yeah, a behind is also scored if the ball passes between the goalposts, but has be, uh, not been kicked by the attackers. <clears throat> so that's that's basically it. So you you want to score through those uppers, and you want to try to be getting to six points. But if you're not close enough, you're most likely going to get the one point and lose possession. Does that make sense? Gotcha. All right, well, let's get back to the world of American football with this question for you. <laughs> That's right. Uh, we're going to go with a... Oh, by the way, by the way, one more point. One more point. One more point about Australian rules football. Most popular sport in Australia, they have a Super Bowl that draws ninety to 100,000 people, and there's 18 professional teams. So it's it's a big deal there. All right, let's get it. Let's get it live streaming on FanDuel so we can bet it. That's right. Uh, over under fifty percent in this century. So we're talking since two thousand for the number one overall pick in the draft when it is a quarterback. Is there a winning percentage in the NFL over or under fifty percent? The num- So we're talking about Joe Burrow here, a quarterback mm-hmm. taking number one overall in the draft. Okay. Since two thousand, are there winning percentage in the NFL? You know, total. All the guys taking number one quarterback overall yep. in the draft. If you lumped them all together and you took the winning percentage, is it over or under 50%? Let's talk about players that have been the number one pick in the draft at quarterback, Nick. Jamarcus Russell was okay. the number one pick of the draft at quarterback. Yeah, didn't, didn't make a lot of starts, if I remember correctly. Eli Manning was the number one pick in the draft. He was. What's his career winning percentage? Uh, 500 on the nose. <laughs> on the nose. So he does you no help. Nope. He doesn't even exist. So he he, he doesn't even move the needle. <clears throat> Do you believe he's the only one on the list that has won a Super Bowl? Yeah, I can. Carson In Palmer was drafted number years. one over number one overall. In 20 years, only one guy taken number one overall has won a Super Bowl. You think Joe Burrow is going to be the next guy? He plays for the Cincinnati Bengals, Nick. Yep. The Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> okay. You want to hear something funny about them? They're the only franchise in the NFL that, I don't know how to phrase this properly, but like their scouting staff is the same size as it was in the 1980s. They've never increased their scouting staff. So they they apparently have like, like if you told me if you told me listen the Patriots have not done anything to their scouting uh, you know since the eighties I'd be like well it makes sense whatever they got is working you know <laughs> you right. me, the team that hasn't won a playoff yep. game in a longer amount of time than any other team in the NFL has not increased their scout who's running things that doesn't say well, you know what? These teams, they got double the scouting size that we have. Maybe we should take a look. At yeah, they don't. You see, that's the thing. They, they, they don't. Game right, but they also, so like, they long. don't fire the coach. They make the coach just not complain. And it's like mediocrity is success. Well, that not firing the coach thing, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a fan of that. I, I feel like you 
attract better coaches by not being one of those teams that fire Marvin Lewis dude never won a playoff game bro he was there for 20 years like he I don't know what to tell you he's the most successful he's clearly the most successful right but again you're saying what you're saying is mediocrity is success to me mediocrity is mediocrity I'd rather be awful forever and win a championship than be mediocre forever you just told me their scouting is is light years behind the other team so it's not even it's embarrassing and 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 not not just scouting teams maybe in the whole in the whole week so you know i I mean tomlin has never been under 500 he lost big ben in like week two and was able to go 500 this year he was with the playoffs it's not just scouting it's every department he had a guy named Duck, and he almost went to the playoffs. He in, did? In a, in, a, in a league that is so dominant on quarterback play. What's that guy's name? Is it Duck? <laughs> Don't they call him Duck Hodges or something? Duck Hodges. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, seriously. Can you believe this I guy mean, is so, starting? So how are you going to – I mean, when you're up against the Ravens and the Steelers, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, – uh, I, I don't blame the Bengals for taking a long time firing uh, Marvin Lewis because I, I do think that they were ascending for a while and then they just got to a point where Andy Dalton just couldn't get it done in uh, in the playoffs. Well, but, they were ascending under Carson Palmer and then they fell apart. You know, this, this was their second go round. All right. Anyway, I don't want to spend the whole show sure, on the Cincinnati sure. Bengals, but um, all right. What name? This is is it my question to you or do you well, got you didn't one? Answer- I, I, my question to you was overall the fifty percent, the winning percentage of number one quarterback. Oh, I'm going under. You know, I'm going under. There's no question. You got it. It's 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 actually really close. It's forty seven percent. Okay, but I uh, I don't see. But, a lot, so, but some recent guys. You got Cam Newton. Oh yeah. Jobless, right? Yep. You've got he was a number one overall. Winston just signed for like a million dollars. He never won anything. He he was a number one. Uh, yeah. So he had no winning seasons. The only one that won a Super Bowl since 2000, of course, Eli Manning. And really, if it wasn't for the Manning brothers, who well, Peyton is the one. Ball, Peyton was the one reason why I was like, oh yeah, he did go number one. That was in, but wasn't that in? Yeah, but it was 99. It was in the 90s. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought 98. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, so he doesn't. He doesn't count. Yeah, count. For this. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that's an excellent question, but um, I'm surprised it's that close. I would have said it, it but Burrow's different. He just has to stay healthy. I don't know. That's a different story. They got to keep him upright. Oh, Baker Mayfield. There's a. Yep. There you go. There's, a, there's another, another number one. Absolutely. Uh, Stafford. Carr. Oh, Bradford. Derek or David Carr. Carr. He was terrible. He went yeah, number one. Car. Carson Palmer. Yep. So yeah, the first car, David Carr. Right. Yeah. Not the second car. Not Derek. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, future quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. The date is May 2nd, <coughs> 2020. <laughs> you like that prediction? Uh, you know, I, he's got a house in Malibu, right? So Malibu to Vegas seems close enough. I, 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 it depends on if Herbert works out. I think if uh, Herbert works out. The Chargers obviously will stick with him, but if, he, <laughs> uh, if he's the quarterback you're predicting, Herbert. <clears throat> you know what's great about? And, um, uh, I think three years and Rogers on the Chargers sounds right. So Madden like Aaron Rodgers isn't going anywhere for a couple of years. So all this talk of that he's going to go anywhere, it's it's 
it's absolutely ridiculous. It's, it's the same situation that when Rodgers was drafted to be Favre's backup and to learn on their own. Well, yeah. if you listen and to Greg, I don't. More teams should do this. It's, it's actually, if you're sitting on a Hall of Famer that's 36 years old, I mean, Bill Belichick has been doing this to Tom Brady for the last five years, six years. He's drafted multiple guys to to, to back him up. Nick, is so it even close? Big deal about this. Is it even close that quarterback is the most important position in sports, in professional sports? I, I, I'll say it. I'll say it like this. I think backup quarterback is in the top 10 most important positions on your roster. Well, in in football, but I'm saying in professional sports, there might not be a more valuable commodity than a good professional quarterback. There's so few of them that exist in the world. Right. So, okay, if you can develop more than one, (laughs) that's not a bad thing. You should not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want the Jets, if James Morgan doesn't work out, great, get another one next year. Get another one in the year after. Like, keep doing that. You know, if you keep finding a Russell Wilson every five years, you're golden. No offense to Denzel Mims, but that's who everybody wanted the Packers to take at 30. And he almost lasted till their second round pick. He lasted till 59. Backup quarterback? No, Mims was not the guy for you. Listen, the reason why you did a good job with that pick in particular. You needed quick twitch. Receivers also, like, help out day one. Most receivers take three years to develop. I, I get they have some good rookie receivers out there, and in the last couple of years, we've seen them have great breakout years. But for the most part, you know, no, I, I don't about picking I, a receiver I, at 30, the, the seventh or eighth receiver off the board. I get it was a deep draft, but they all, you know. No, it's not like the guys you needed were all gone. The ones that were yeah. available, like uh, Duvernay, would have been good third-round picks, but it's, you know, that's that's splitting hairs. They're not going to contribute, as you said, at least not right away. They may be developmental guys, but, you know, you're, you're better served making a trade or two once a team that has drafted a ton of guys is looking to cut guys or maneuver things. There's plenty of options. Uh, you know what I mean? And you can find guys that, that fit that mold, so I'm not worried about that. I think the quarterback yeah, is the mention, premium I'm, position. Every year, I'm Aaron, every year, Aaron Rodgers gets tackled, and i got to worry about his collarbone uh, every game. And it's like Yeah, remind me some of the guys that have started at quarterback. Didn't you have Deshaun Kaiser come in and play some snaps at some point in time? Yes, I had Deshaun Kaiser. He came in against the Bears, and I think it was the first. If it wasn't the first play, it was his second play. He got sacked. By Khalil Mack fumbled for uh, you know for a Bears touchdown. It, right. it, the second play of the game. It was right. like okay, great. A, to that's back. actually an amazing thing. Guy, you know I, how after I watched him after I watched him do that a record amount of times the year before on the Browns. I, I've never <laughs> seen anybody fumble for a touchdown the other way more than Deshaun Kaiser. You you could actually and, pinpoint you know. the exact moment when he urinates at himself when Mack hits him. It's funny. It's like <laughs> the, the yellow. <laughs> The yellow just spreads slightly, and you just see it happen. Cascade. It's fascinating. You'd think they'd wear a cup, but he wasn't. All right. Um, I got one more sports question for you, then we'll move into geography history. I only have one geography history, and it's kind of a lame one anyway. So whatevs. Uh, one of them was in the general knowledge round. Nick, uh, what name is given to a racehorse that has never won a race? <clears throat> Maiden? Yes. I thought you were going to say loser. <coughs> also they true. They races called maiden. You could be in a maiden race yep. where all the horses yeah. have won. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. To... Somebody's not going to be a maiden. No, maiden is a horse race, uh, a horse that's never won a race. So 
Got to pop your maiden cherry, horse. Horse, specifically in a horse sense. Nothing else. Um, all right, ready to geography history? Yep. What do you have for me? Uh, the capital? Okay. Okay, called. Called. It's not actually the capital, obviously, but often called the capital of Europe because the European Union is headquartered there. Uh, what city am I talking about? Brussels? You got it. Brussels. Sprouse? You're pretty good at your uh, European uh, trivia, I got to say. I- I've noticed enough ticks at your you know, soccer, uh, passion for soccer has developed over the last. You know what? You're 100% correct. Years. As you start following these leagues, you learn about the cities and the geography and, and all this other stuff. Like, I think, look, I mean, I would not to toot my own horn, but I was on where in the world is Carmen San Diego at 12. So I know geography history, although I failed miserably on that show. So maybe not as well as I think. Um, but no, it's all soccer. Uh, you know, what did I know about Glasgow, Scotland, or where the hell that is, or Sweden, or Stockholm, or, you know, uh, where teams like Ghent play, uh, you know, <laughs> but there's, there's, Belgium has an amazing league, Belgium has an incredible league, uh, there's, there's countries yeah, out there. Weren't they runner-up, weren't they runner-up at the... Yeah, their national yeah. team is unbelievable, because most, Very but good, most right? of their national team doesn't play in the Belgian league. Uh, well, they, they play. In the, their yeah. national team is making it to the final in the World Cup. There's a lot of no. They got, they got a lot. It's it's crazy because they got the Flemish society, which is you know, uh, and then the the part that's aligned to the Netherlands. So you have this like total total, uh, you know, divide between French and Dutch culture that that overtakes Belgium. Half the population is each. So it's a very very interesting place. Uh, also, the yeah, it's definitely on my short list of places I want to get to soon, especially being such a beer fan. Uh, yeah, you should go in like full American, wear like red, white, and blue hats, and then be like, "Where are them Belgian waffles? I heard you guys I make go, French like, fries." I go when I go to y'all Europe, like Americans. Uh, yeah, I, like you, you, you know, it's like so. The first time I went to Europe, I was uh, like fifteen, right? And dressed like Clark you know, Griswold. Was, was was wearing like pointy leather shoes with these like tight pants. Yeah, it's like when and, he put, when he comes you know, out of that Italian fashion house after <laughs> Alfie's got that gray suit with a feather in his hat. Love it. Exactly. And then the last time I was in Europe was a couple years ago, and I was saying to my wife, "I'm like, check it out. Everybody was dressed like me." They're wearing sneakers, sweatshirts, <laughs> right? <jeans. laughs> so like, There's no fashion anymore. Completely dominated Europe. When it comes to that, like athleisure wear, yep, the, 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 you know, you'll, you'll still see like the random guy with the tight pants and the pointy shoes and stuff, but like he almost looks out of place at this point. Where you're, you're like, everyone's you know, a hipster you're, like, now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty funny. We have spread yeah. our hipster gene to you, Europe. You you cannot take it. Yeah, I love those pointy shoes. That stuff's fantastic. Million dollars. Yeah, the last 10 years, Super it's, come along, it's come a long way. <coughs> All right, Nick. What All right, mountain? You had more for geography history for me. So what mountain overlooks Rio de Janeiro? The river of January. What mountain overlooks? Sugarloaf. Yes. Haven't you ever wondered why the hell that is named Sugarloaf Mountain? It's odd, right? What an odd name <laughs> I mean, for that mountain. Because that's where the Christ the Redeemer statue is, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
I, 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 I mean, it had to have been named by somebody. I mean, the word loaf in itself is just, it doesn't belong there. <laughs> the, the greatest is that uh, Michael Rappaport refers to his uh, his unit Johnson as a loaf. As, as a loaf. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's one of my favorite nicknames for a loaf. Yeah, it's Pau de Asur in... Uh, I wonder who named it. Let's see. Let's see. Origins of its name. The name Sugarloaf was coined in the 16th century by the Portuguese during the heyday of the sugarcane trade in Brazil. There you go. According to well, historian... It makes sense that sugarcane would be baked in, in Brazil. Yep. But... Vieira Fazenda. Blocks of sugar were placed in You just don't picture molds. sugar coming in a loaf, right? No. Let's see. Are you ready? Okay, so the blocks of sugar were placed in uh, molds made of clay to be transported on the ships. The form of the peak reminded them of the well-known resulting sugar loaf shape. And the nickname was then given in Portuguese. Loaf. Loaf. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it also right. means like somebody that was it's exceptionally lazy. Like loaf around. You know what I mean? So A loafer. Yeah, a loafer, a looper, a jock, something like that. All right, what do you got for me? And then we'll move on to entertainment. Uh, you want one more geography history? If you uh, want to get What country has the most citizens? Yeah, sure. What country has the most citizens living above the Arctic Circle? Living above the Arctic Circle. Country has the most citizens living above the Arctic Circle. Is India above the Arctic Circle? No. It is below the Arctic Circle. Dude, I I can't even tell you the boundaries of the Arctic Circle, so it's like not worth me making a idiotic guess because I do not know the boundaries of the Arctic Circle. Had I known that fact, I'd have an estimated guess for you. Australia? No, you're thinking of the Antarctic Circle. You're in the wrong part of the world. So, Greenland? Right, but how many people are living in Greenland? You're in the right... So, Iceland? No. Are we talking Scandinavia? Is that... Basically, this is a Scandinavian country? That's where I think people are going to go. I think people are going to go, like, Norway and... and, and Is it Russia? But it's not... It's actually Russia. Oh, okay. Russia has the most citizens living above the Arctic Circle. See, I don't know the boundaries for that. I... I you know, tough one. I might ask that as a true or false. I might ask that as a true or false. I don't know. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to entertainment. I got a lot for you here, dude. Okay. You know, I'm such a fan of all time bombs. Just <laughs> when when somebody's career just goes like into the absolute <laughs> just like direction. And I don't know that anybody yeah, like we, had it, we, we had it going for a little while with Ben Affleck, but he was he managed to resurrect his career but when, when he did that Jilly movie. Yeah, but he at least Jennifer tried Lopez. to do like real real life thing. This guy never did anything real but was still a massive uh, uh, movie star. But okay. by the time he made it to this thing <laughs> I mean I just can't even believe that this exists. All right. What one-time movie star was also – or I say, what-time what movie actor, what one-time movie actor also starred in the on-screen adaption of the – adaptation, I'm sorry, 
of the video game Street Fighter? Blue Diamond Phillips. <laughs> Full circle. It's that's great. It's not the answer, but that, that would be so great. <laughs> LDP, call your agent. How did you not get Street Fighter? He could have played one of the bit parts. I was I was going to mention this earlier, but you know they used to have in Hollywood a casting book with literal names of an actor and their typecast. So it would say like you know. Bernie Horowitz, this is 1930s. Bernie Horowitz, tight cast, Jew. Like, <laughs> and you'd go through this, like, book with the person's address and phone number to get them for movies or whatever. I, I'd I be need, like, any, deli scene. yeah, any, Bernie Horowitz. any Oriental role. Like, you know, <laughs> it, it's like, so this book that I exists is. Oriental guy to play, to play a Hispanic guy. Get me LTP. Get me LTP. <laughs> I need, I need a. American Indian <laughs> to play. Yeah, send over that to tell <laughs> Right, that's exactly right. He's very versatile. You really don't know what the hell he is. If he showed up in a Bollywood movie, would you not say, okay, he's Indian? Uh, I'm down. <laughs> I'm fine with that. It's like, tick, you know? You wouldn't know. Um, so, you got to guess who, who the star I, of the sorry, Street is, Fighter is? the question again. Who is the this, star this is of Street time. Fighter? What one-time movie star made the adaptation of the video game Street Fighter? So there was a movie made from the video game Street Fighter. Did you even know that? Big fan of that video. I love. I I did know that. I didn't. I didn't see the movie, but I was a big fan of. Love. I love Street Fighter. Love Street Fighter. You know, it's so funny. So I'm. I'm assuming this character, if he was a star, played Ryu. I'm guessing. I. That'd be my guess. Um. Man. Mm. I'm guessing that movie came out in mid nineties. No, he didn't play Ryu. There was a Ken, there was a Bison, there was a Chun Li. Nope, didn't play Ken. He played uh, Guile? Yeah, he played Colonel Guile. Guile, yeah, okay. So he played the the um Yep the military guy. Correct. Ryu was, was cast, he was there. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, Zangief. Uh, Blanca. Who played Guile in Street Fighter? Is, is the year, am I about like 1996 sound right, year-wise on that? 94. Oh, okay. All right. All right. A little earlier. Okay. All right. Uh, boy. It's right when I was getting out of playing Street Fighter. Uh, let's see who Believe it or Guile. not, a massive success at the box office. Budget 35 mil, 100 mil at the box office. On on 35 mil or wait, what yeah. did you say? Budget was 35 mil, the return at the box office 100 was 100 million. million. Yeah. yeah. and that was big back then. That was a big number back then. Oh yeah. 94. And I draw a total blank on on it. I'm just trying to think of who was a good person that would have had a, a down career moment in 1994 going from being a movie star in the 80s. Um, who could fit that bill? Mm. I'm picturing Guile with blonde hair. I'm not even sure if that's right. Um, hmm. Top right, billing he got. Top billing, baby. 
did get top billing. Oh, huh? did he? Huh. <laughs> it's his face and a, a slew of other people underneath him. Because <laughs> that's some I cast. Know, I, 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 people are probably... Okay, now here's the here's the funniest here's the saddest because right I, I can't I can't think of this. The saddest yeah, I, part about this is one of the great actors ever is in this movie. Ever. And he was a guy that I saw on Broadway in Man of La Mancha. You know him as uh I believe he was in the Adams family movie. You remember who played uh Mr. Adams? Ashton? What's that? Who played Gomez? Yeah. The Adams family Ashton. movie. No, no, no! In the movie, it... in the movie. Oh, in the movie. Um, who played Gomez in the movie? Yeah, he's dead, right? Yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he's he's one of my all time favorites. He died. This was the last movie he fucking made. I just I just found that out. This is the last movie he made. The last movie he made was fucking Street Fighter. There is no justice in the world. Oh my god! I cannot I believe I just found that out. Completely grinded to a halt because now I can't think of the guy from the Adams family. I can't think of his name. That's driving me crazy. And I have no guess at who played Guile. Oh, I, he's so well, good. One at a time. We're gonna do these one. Let, let let's put Gomez on the back burner for a second. Let me just take a guess at this Guile. Biggest action the star Adam. in the world, but not in 1994. <laughs> wow. Um. Jeez. Biggest action star in the world. Oh, but yeah. Not in 1994. I could immediately give it away with one more clue. And it's a funny clue, uh, so it'll be funny. Uh, all right. I've done this poorly on this. One question, word, so Nick. Well just... Hyphenated. Jean Claude Van Damme. Yes! <laughs> uh, we would be so good at that word associate. What was that? Password? We would be amazing at that. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine you can get Jean-Claude Van Damme from the word hyphenated? Jean-Claude Van Damme. Colonel Guile. Oh, man. Yeah, Raul Julia is uh, the actor. Oh, that... yeah. Yeah. Oh, tough name, tough name. He's amazing. Oh, <laughs> the last movie there. he made. Can you believe that? Street Fighter. I guess I was thinking American star. You know, and we we're just talking about Brussels. Yeah, muscles from Broadway. that's exactly right. That's why I gave it to you. <laughs> it's right there. Uh, Street Fighter. Those were the glory days. Ouch! 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 Should have had it. It's okay. Should've I still have two more. You got two chances to redeem yourself before we kick out. All right, try this one. Ten points each. Name the two. Clint Eastwood directed films that have won Best Picture at the Oscars. Two Clint Eastwood films that have won Best Picture at the Oscars, 10 points each. And easily one of my favorite all-time movies and easily one of my least favorite all-time movies. (laughs) Unforgiven. That's easily one of my favorite all-time movies. Did that win? Yeah, that's it. I didn't – I love – I love well Morgan Freeman. I love that movie. It's an amazing movie. Oh, yeah, that, that, that's one of the great. Ever movies tell you the ever. story of that movie uh, on the air? I'm I'm watching it with it's short. I'm watching it with my mom and stepdad. Twenty minutes into the movie, my mom turns to my stepdad and goes, "We saw this movie two weeks ago." Oh, yeah, you told me that. You told me that. <laughs> 
<laughs> How do you do that? Too much. If you got to wait 20 minutes before How do you do that? How do you go to the same movie and not remember it two weeks later? This is this I is 30 years ago, folks. They're old now, but this is 30 years ago. This is when I was a kid. Um, I remember one time I went to go see um, Teen Wolf, and I'm pretty sure my mom took me to Back to the Future. And I was like, you know, both with Michael J. Fox. So I was like confused as hell the first time I saw Back <laughs> to the Future. And I'm waiting for the kid to turn into a werewolf. It's like, I don't understand. What the... What's going on? <laughs> what <the hell> is... <laughs> Why is like, he yeah, not turning into a werewolf? There's <laughs> like, no werewolf in sight here. Werewolf one time. I don't get it. Bullshit. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for to see a wolf. I'm not here to see a time traveling scientist. Jigawatts. This is this is ridiculous. <laughs> there was supposed to be a music scene where they all that dance in unison. There was supposed to be a fat kid buddy. I don't see him. Where's he? Yeah, that kid with the T-shirt? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so you got the you got the one of the all-time best movies, Grand uh, Torino. Now, that, that's or, not one of the best pictures. Okay, uh, it's the a- box. It's the boxing movie, Million yeah. Dollar Baby. Yes. Yeah, I was I was you between those two. I should have said Million Dollar oh. Baby first because I knew that one. Um. Yeah. All right. I didn't like that movie. It was a depressing. Oh, it was a bad movie. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, depressing. Oh. All right, Nick. What legendary actor? Starred in the Hitchcock films Rear Window and Vertigo. All right. Well, I should know this because I've seen them both. Then you have to know this. I haven't seen either of them, <laughs> so. But I'm I'm about to binge uh, Hitchcock. It should be interesting. Yeah, no, that'll be worth it. Um, The only reason I'm hesitating is because I I don't want to get it wrong, being as I've seen them both, but and I'm just I'm just trying to think in my mind to make sure that I'm not confusing them, because a lot of them they kind of seem the same, and I I don't. Anyway, I'm just gonna say Jimmy Stewart. You got it right. Yep, James Stewart. Just just. I, th- that was I knew it. I just was making sure I wouldn't. because no, no. you know sometimes it could be more than one guy in the same movie. No question, no question. Like I, uh, I knew that was I did. yeah. Yeah, there's. Uh, oh yeah, man, binging binging uh, Hitchcock is gonna be is gonna be great. I'm excited. I, I I did that about I did that back in like the video store days. Sure. When we were still doing video stores. Um, I think it was pretty much. Remember, I, I lived in Longport for like six months after I, I got married. I do. Yeah, so is that house still around, or is it knocked I, I, down? Uh, they knocked it down after Sandy. Gotcha. Superstorm super Sandy. They knocked it down and built a. No, they got a you know three story real house. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, they, we had a video store right down the street, and I went through a uh, you know ninety nine cent rental days, and I went through a whole Hitchcock run back then. Nice. But uh, yeah, you'll you'll love it. Yeah, it's so good. Oh, what's that in the sky? Uh, They're coming to get us! Oh my god. It's gonna be fun. It's funny. I just read a book uh, this last year, uh, "Woman in the Window," and I think it, it takes from a little bit from that movie "Rear Window," and it's pretty awesome because this this woman she's an agoraphobe, and you know, so she doesn't leave her house, and she lives in one of those like brownstones in Manhattan on a park, you know, three million dollar. That probably be more than that. I don't even know. And she spies on her neighbors, <laughs> and uh, but it's it, it's cool because she lives. 
entirely in this place while she's spying on everybody. And, you know, she lives her whole life in there. And her, her big thing is she's a huge movie buff. So at, at night, like, she falls asleep always after, you know, drinking a box of wine or whatever. And, uh, and when I say a box, I mean, like, because there's bottles in a box. Like, she drinks a lot of wine. Let's put it that way. And she falls asleep watching these old Hitchcock movies all the time. Ah, uh, it's awesome. Um, and it, anyway, it leads to a fun. It, it is a, it's a good book. I recommend it. Woman in the Window. So, all right, one for uh, one for you back, right? Yep. Um. All right. All right here you go. Let's do it. Uh, what president is mentioned in the All in the Family theme song? One of the great theme songs ever. It is. Although not mentioned when uh, was it mentioned when Howard did his whole rant on the great because the the woman who did um, it, it, yeah the, it the got mentioned because because uh, Marianne from Brooklyn called in and wanted to oh, okay she did, they did mention yeah it. Okay. wanted to so sure. long as they made the hit parade that, that was that, that was one of his best bits in in years when they did that on the great because really they they came they really. FDR and, and the winner was the Jefferson's theme, God, which it, I do wait, believe is see. the greatest TV theme of, of all time. Well, so well, I thought it was is it Eisenhower. Is it FDR? I feel like it would be. I don't want to put politics. Well, remember the movie into the show this was in the seventies, right? and the song was "Those Were the Days." Right. So they were reminiscing about the fifties, most uh, likely of an earlier time, a simpler time. Yeah. When songs move, how does he say the word girl? Something with Doris Day. Girls and men were men. Yeah. Girls were girls and men were men. Say it again. Oh, sorry. Did you have a guess? I, 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 my guess was, uh, was Truman or Eisenhower. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm in that 50s happy zone. Or, or maybe, uh, FDR. World War Two, Truman. <laughs> what uh, Truman just sounds like a song lyric, but so does FDR. So I'll say Truman. Uh, we could use a man like Hoover again, Herbert <laughs> Hoover. We can use a man like Hoover again. Said no one ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <fucking> Hoover. What <laughs> a <laughs> Hoover. <laughs> Hoover! Yeah, what, 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 like what, 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 Spoofing a Raymond Burr character, what is the name of the lawyer on the Flintstones? Oh, man. Jeez, I just... Uh, at least I got Jimmy Stewart in entertainment because yeah. uh, Raymond Burr. No, uh, you're all fire today. You're all over the. You, you've nailed everything. The, the, the Raymond Burr character, most famous uh, Raymond Burr character by far, no question. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I know it, it, it's uh, Raymond Burr. Was it? Is the character Columbo? No, that's uh, Peter Falk. I know it's not Kojak. Nope, that's uh, Who Loves You, Baby? Telly Savalas. Telly Savalas. 
Give me a good picture round idea, though. So the character, Raymond Burr's famous character, which, by the way, I think Raymond Burr's been in a bunch of Hitchcock movies, too, if I'm not mistaken. I have to look that up, but I think he he was in his younger days. His famous character was Perry Mason. Perry Mason. And on the Flintstones, uh, Fred Flintstones lawyers, Perry Masonry. If I had, like, <laughs> I didn't know that answer, but if I could have come up with Perry Mason, my guess would have been Perry Mason, right? I love that all of Perry them are puns on building for some reason, you know, like the rocks. The first and... thing that came to my mind was Perry Mason. <laughs> Perry Mason, right? So. There you go. The writers of uh, uh, of the Flintstones get the last word on episode 159 of the Quizzo Trivia Podcast, folks. Good one, man. Enjoy, people. All right. We'll, for uh, Nick, uh, my name is week. Drew. We will see you next week, everybody. This has been the Quizzo Trivia Podcast. Visit us online at quizzopodcast.com for more information.